The epistle appointed to be read for this sexagesima Sunday is taken from the epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, 19 to 33, chapter 12, 1 to 9. Brethren, you gladly put up with fools because you are wise yourselves. For you suffer it if a man enslaves you, if a man devours you, if a man takes from you, if a man is arrogant, if a man slaps your face. I speak to my own shame as though we had been weak in this matter. But wherein any man is bold, I am speaking foolishly. I also am bold. Are the Hebrews? So am I. Are the Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I too speak as a fool and more. In many more labors, in prisons more frequently, in lashes above measure, often exposed to death. From the Jews five times I received forty lashes less one. Thrice was I scourged, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I was adrift on the sea, in journeyings often, in perils from floods, in perils from robbers, in perils from my own nation, in perils from the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils from false brethren, in labor and hardships, in many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Besides these other things, there is my daily pressing anxiety, the care of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, and I am not inflamed? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that concern my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forevermore, knows that I do not lie. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas was guarding the city of the Damascenes in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. If I must boast, it is not indeed expedient to do so. But I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, that he was caught up into paradise and heard secret words that man may not repeat. Of such a man I will boast, but of myself I will glory in nothing save in my infirmities. For if I do wish to boast, I shall not be foolish, for I shall be speaking the truth. But I forbear lest any man should reckon me beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. And lest the greatness of the revelations should puff me up, there was given me a thorn for the flesh a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Concerning this, I thrice besought the Lord that it might leave me. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for strength is made perfect in weakness. Gladly, therefore, I will glory in my infirmities that the strength of Christ may dwell in me. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. 
At that time when a very great crowd was gathering together and men from every town were resorting to Jesus, he said in the parable, The sower went out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and was trodden underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Another seed fell upon the rock, and as soon as it had sprung up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Another seed fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Another seed fell upon good ground and sprang up and yielded fruit a hundredfold. As he said these things, they cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But his disciples then began to ask him what this parable meant. He said to them, To you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to the rest in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God, and those by the wayside are they who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, and they may not believe and be saved. Now those upon the rock are they who, when they have heard, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, but believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are these, are they, who have heard, and as they go their way are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not ripen. But that upon good ground, these are they who, with a right and good heart, having heard the word, hold it fast and bear fruit in patience. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There are a variety of writings. We take certainly the Old Testament and certainly the New Testament. We look at certain writings and we find that there is great instruction given to us. Instruction for our benefit and instruction for our ultimate redemption and ultimately a place in the kingdom. But like the Gospel says, which part are we? It's very easy to be condemnatory and saying you have the truth. You should be doing such and such. And where does it fall? It falls on deaf ears. We are not going to change. We're not going to come up to snuff. We're not going to follow the ways and the, and the rules and regulations of the scriptures. Then how in God's holy name can you or I think we are ready and we are fit. We have a place in the kingdom. It just ain't so. You know, no, if we did not have instruction, if we had to do it on our own, then we would have maybe an ample supply of, of excuses. But that is not the way and that is not the truth. We're looking at a world that certainly needs truth. We're looking at a world, and us included, that certainly hunger for the truth. But when that truth comes to us, we say we will hear and talk to you on this matter another time. And that was also in and with the Apostle Paul. But he was unrelenting in his apostolate. He was unrelenting in his commitment to Christ. And so who won the battle? Certainly we know that Paul went on to a kingdom of glory, a kingdom of union with the risen Christ sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. It is important, I think, that we get our act together. 
We are sexagesima Sunday. And I would suppose that this is remote control, remote preparation for the ultimate of entering into on Ash Wednesday, the spirit of Lent. We hear so often, repent, believe in the gospel. Nice saying, but is it actually being applied? Is it being lived? Is it actually somehow being implemented in our life? There are many distractions, there are many things we could find as excuses. But hungering and lingering in the back of our mind are the words of the sacred scripture. Repent and believe in the gospel. Because if we repent, that means we're giving up something. And the something that we're giving up is necessary. What is it that we need to give up? We need to give up sin. We need to give up sin. We need to give up living a life of sin. Who wants to do that? Who wants to hear that? It falls on deaf ears. So the seed, the good word, the good news of salvation is certainly not being, is not being accepted. It's not being implemented. It's not being lived. We give up candy. We give up this. We give up that. And then when Lent is over, we go back and revert to what we gave up in Lent. And so we must be ever vigilant. The words of St. Peter in his first letter says, Brethren, be on your guard, because the devil, like a rapacious lion, seeks to devour, destroy you. Somehow or other, those warnings, those admonitions, uh, the instructions that Jesus gives us and gave us, somehow or other, they're not finding and they're not taking root in our life. But that upon good ground, these are they who with a right and good heart, having heard the word, hold it fast and bear fruit in patience. We have to be faithful to Christ. We have to be faithful. And that faithfulness means giving up sin. It has certainly an attraction. Certainly we are looking at the ways of the world and we find ourselves very much at home with the whole situation. And yet when, how is it, how is Jesus, His Word, His message, how is it going to penetrate the defense system that we have set up against the very fact and the reality of salvation? Oh yes, every one of us needs to give up sin. And we need to make sure that that resolution is implemented. Not like a first year, new year resolution, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. No, this is where it counts. This is where the pedal and the metal meets the road. This is where we as Christians and as faithful disciples of the Lord say, yes to the word and the power and the grace and the benediction and all the necessary aids and assistances that you and I need. We are never left alone. We're not left in the lurch. We have a, a powerhouse of God's love and mercy to us. But we are cheap. We are cheap in terms of utilizing. Oh, God will understand. Yes, He does. He understands you. He understands me. He understands our weaknesses better than we ourselves. But the resolution is to improve. To make what Lent is for all of us. That the effectiveness and the grace and the blessings that were merited by the life, death and resurrection of Jesus are not going to fall on fallow ground. That they are going to be accepted. They're going to be nurtured. They're going to be brought to full maturity. They are going to be and honor and usher us into the kingdom. That's what we need to do. We need to give up sin. We have had many attractions. We have many, many kind of waywardness. We have had, uh, you know, we've been all over the field. 
And now we've got to say, is this what it's all about? Is God's love sufficient for us to come to the kingdom? Is God's love sufficient to help us overcome the deficiencies that run wild and rampant in our lives? And it's not going to be, well, this is land, it's another land we're going to go to. Uh-uh. It cannot be just another land. We have got to be better and better. Every land should see us a step closer, a stronger allegiance, a faithful loyalty, a greater love for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, that's difficult. Yes, it is difficult. But don't forget the price and the prize that awaits us in the kingdom. If I'm going to go to the kingdom, these are the things that are not just sufficient. These are the wherewithal that must be implemented and found alive, well, and flourishing in our lives. We cannot continue the way we were before. That is and that will always be the challenge before us. We're not left to do this on our own. I am with you. The promise of Christ not to abandon. The promise of Christ that assures us that no matter the struggle, no matter the, the problem, the, the, the entrance to war, we will not lose. Now you know what? We have forgotten something very important. We have forgotten the lives of saints. We have forgotten that we have had people who have bitten into Christ, found Him sweet, notwithstanding trial, tribulation, and dismay, and death itself. They have followed Him unto the cross. Well, somehow that's been lost. Somehow we have forgotten that we are called to be participants in the body and blood of Christ. We draw sustenance, we draw strength, we draw invigoration from that body and blood that is given to us. We have been snuckered. We have been foolish. And maybe in a stronger word, we have been stupid. We have given up our entire inheritance for something that is here today and gone tomorrow. And we have done it more often than we could. There is a saying, we have shot ourselves in the foot. We have raised that process to almost an art. And we have got to restore equilibrium. We've got to step a re restore primacy to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How are we going to go and do this? Because it is a challenge. Well, for one thing, we need to become more faithful. We need to become faithful in knowing our faith and being challenged by the time in which we live. We need to be sacrificial. We need to sacrifice. We need to give up those sins, those things that have placated, that pacified, that have destroyed our relationship with Jesus, or that have weakened, that have drawn and drawn the sap of life from our relationship with Jesus. It is difficult to be good. It is difficult to be a saint. But yet, the kingdom is just full of people, men and women, children, of all ages and time, and time, that have followed Jesus, that have loved Jesus, that have accepted Jesus, and that they are with Him in the kingdom forever. We need to get back to some very basic, basic, ordinary, down-to-earth practices like sacrifice, like giving up something and giving up sin, strengthening our resolve to do better in terms of grace and activity. 
when you look at the scriptures, you have a game plan. We're not just doing this haphazardly and throwing things out of the window and saying this is bad, this is good, and let's get through. We can do that too. But the fact of the matter is that in the scriptures, Jesus says in John, how are you going to have the joy? And when you know, when you go to the concordance, the concordance is dealing with the scriptures. There are many times themes and words and, and expressions that we need to become aware and acquainted with. The concordance, look up the word joy. And you're going to find that word being used or applied and written and found in the scriptures rarely. What does that mean? That it is, has a heightened importance. That joy is not just bandied about that. Anybody said you can be joy, 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 whatever. Nuh-uh. That isn't it. Joy is used very, very, very what you call parsimoniously. Cheap. Very, very infrequently. What does that mean? That in order for us to have joy, we've got to follow very directly the words and directions of Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, John, Jesus says, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. And because we haven't done that, there is chaos like you would not believe. And every decade, every century, we've got to go through reinventing the wheel instead of using the wheel to become stronger and become firmer and become more lovable, more patient, more virtuous in the ways of the Lord. It means dying to self so that I could live the better and more with and to the Lord Jesus. That's where it comes up in spades. I must die to self. I'm always thinking, and we live in a world that is very narcissistic, very hedonistic. You think the Greeks and the Romans were the inventors of it, and we're probably carrying out to the end of the green. We're of a nation and a people that feel good, but we really truly aren't good. Because we're not living gospel. We're not accepting Christ. We're not following Christ. We're not devouring Christ in the right sense of the word. And so the kingdom is there. The word has been given. The help's necessary. But somehow we have fallen asleep at the switch. We have fallen asleep at the switch. We're not turning on the power of God's love. We are somehow or other satisfied. We are somehow or other smug. We are somehow or other thinking we know better than Christ. And when we come up short, who do we blame? We blame Jesus. We never look at ourselves and say that the fault lies here. We have not been faithful. We have not been true to our word. We have not said yes and meant yes. And we have not said no and have not meant no. In the scriptures there is this phrase. And Jesus tells us, if you are neither hot nor cold, what will happen to us? He will vomit us. He will spit us out of his mouth. We are playing and thinking we can play both sides against the middle. You play and light a candle at two ends. And you put your hand in the middle. What's going to happen? You're going to get burned. And so that's the truth of it. We think we can play the, the, that game with Jesus. We can play both sides against the, the middle. We're not going to get away with it. Jesus is tolerant. Jesus is loving. Jesus is forgiving. But don't push your luck. If we have disobeyed, we have not followed his instructions, how in God's holy name can you or I expect that God is going to reward us? You want the kingdom? There are certain rules and regulations. 
And that I haven't created, you haven't created, no one has created but God Himself. And those realities and truths and regulations, God has revealed. So it's not a question, let's get together and let's talk it over. That isn't how it works, folks. The revealed truth, the real Word of God, is what we go by, what we will be judged by, and what we will be rewarded or punished by. If I have not lived a good life, then how can I expect the kingdom? We would be making a fool of Christ. We would be making and ridicule His life with death and resurrection. The word is out. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.